This is the Lost Mountain Baptist Church podcast. We exist to help all kinds of people find and follow Jesus. For more information about service times, giving, and upcoming events, check out our website, lmbc.us. We hope you enjoy this week's message. Hey, good morning, everybody. It's good to see everybody today. I just wanted to let you know, Matt underwent ACL reconstruction surgery on Tuesday. It was a successful surgery. He is doing well. He was anticipating that he would have about a 24-hour turnaround and then be able to be here today. If you know anything about Matt, you know that's his personality completely. But alas, I am up here And he's asking you to pray for a speedy recovery so that he could be back in the saddle with us next week. So you pray for him throughout the week. He and his family definitely appreciate all of the prayers, all of the meals that have been delivered to their house this week. So as you pray throughout the week for this church, make sure you mention our pastor as he continues to recover. Has anybody had that surgery before? Anybody? I've had it twice, and I tried to tell that joker, look, there's not going to be that quick of a turnaround, and sure enough, he said, I'll be all right. But that is not the case. Hey, I've got good tidings of great joy for everybody in this room today. Now, let me tell you why specifically. So, At 705 Town Park Lane, Kennesaw, Georgia, 30144, there is a Whataburger that is currently being built. (laughs) Now, for some of you people that aren't native Texans, you don't realize what a big deal this is, but this is a big deal. I've already jumped on Apple Maps. That location is 28 minutes from my house, and you can guarantee I'm going to be making that trip at least once a week. Let me tell you a little bit about Whataburger. Who's never been there before? Okay, so we got a lot of you guys. Man, you do some research, and you find out when that store is going to be open, and you, sh- you make sure you make your way there at least once or twice a week, such as myself. The thing about Whataburger is you, they have everything you want. They start serving breakfast at 11 o'clock at night. So you roll through the drive through you get a potato, egg, and cheese burrito, you get a sausage, egg, and cheese taquito, you get a bacon, egg, and cheese taquito, whatever you want. Their burgers are delicious, their fries are on point. But there's one thing in particular that I prefer at Whataburger as opposed to every other fast food establishment or grocery store, and that is the Whataburger Fancy Ketchup. (laughs) The Whataburger Fancy Ketchup is something that's very unique. It's a recipe that is very different from all of the other fast food places because most of them have contractual agreements with companies like Heinz or Hunt's. No, Whataburger has their own recipe for fancy ketchup. And it's so good. It's so sweet to the taste. And you could say that places like In-N-Out or Wendy's, it's, it's okay ketchup. No, this is superior ketchup. 
This is what I would label true ketchup. And so for all of you that raised your hands saying you'd never been to Whataburger before, it's worth going for the fancy ketchup alone. And it even has the title fancy ketchup. We all like to feel fancy every now and again. It's like when you go to Target and you come home with Target bags and you use those Target bags as liners in your trash can instead of the Walmart bags, you feel a little bit fancier. I just used a a Target bag to line the trash can in my bathroom. I've kind of taken a step up in the world. I'm doing all right. I confess to you this morning that Whataburger is the true ketchup. So talking about true ketchup, if you can go there with me, we've been in this series in Colossians for a number of weeks now, and we're nearing the end of chapter one, but there are specific marks for what a true disciple is based upon the scriptures. And so I want to draw our attention this morning to the end of Colossians chapter 1. We're going to be in verses 24 through 29. So if you've got the app, go ahead and click there. If you prefer the physical copy of the scriptures, go ahead and make your way to Colossians chapter 1. And we're going to kick things off in verse 24 here in just a minute. So when I was in my mid-20s, approaching uh, my latter 20s, I I worked at Guitar Center. And back then, Guitar Center was strictly commission-based. And I had never worked in an environment full of drug-abusing, dishonest people, and I stinking loved it. It was fantastic, because I got to interact with so many different people from places that I had never ventured before. And you can imagine the types of personalities that exists in those environments. But the thing that was unique about it was, since it was solely commission-based back in the day, they would want these guys coming through with high-end gear to sell it to Guitar Center because obviously they're not going to get very much for it because it has the similarity of a pawn shop. But when they would flip that gear and sell it, the person that sold it would receive the gross profit for it. So that's how you made your money. I mean, the hourly was okay, but it wasn't anything great. So people turning gear all the time, that's how they made their money. So I remember specifically, there was this man that came in And he had a bunch of high-end gear. We're talking about Gibson Les Pauls and a bunch of different amplifiers. He was trying to sell off all of these possessions. And so a bunch of the guys were kind of congregating around him because they're like, hey, this is high-end stuff. And so if I'm the one that's chosen to purchase it off this guy, then as soon as this is sold, I'm going to have a pretty nice payday. But what was interesting about this guy is that he began telling the guitar associates, yeah, I'm trying to sell the majority of my earthly possessions so that my wife and I can go to Jerusalem and we can finish out the remainder of our days upon this earth telling people about the one true king. And you can imagine the looks on their faces. They're looking at this guy like, okay. But it was interesting because what happened 
was something that doesn't really happen to me that often, but I just happened to be standing in the circle of all the other guitar associates. And this guy looked at me and he said, this guy knows what I'm talking about. He would absolutely know the reason why I would want to sell all of my material possessions to make my way over to Jerusalem to tell people about the resurrected Christ and that he is the only way to God. I'd never met this man in my life, but there was something about me where he was able to point to me and say, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You know why this is so important. In the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 15 and 16, it says, For we are to God the pleasing aroma of Christ among those who are being saved and those who are perishing. To the one, we are an aroma that brings death. To the other, an aroma that brings life. The only explanation I have in regards to the interaction with this man is that he was able to detect the aroma of Christ in me. That is a verifiable characteristic as Christians. We carry around an aroma of Christ. Either way, you stink. You smell like the aroma of death to those that are perishing, or you smell like the aroma of life to those who are being saved. And so as we pick up in verse 24 this morning, we're going to read the passage. So go ahead. I'll be reading out of the New International Version, but we're going to read our passage this morning from verse 24 to verse 29, and then we're going to break it down a little bit. So beginning in Colossians chapter 1, verse 24, Paul says, Now I rejoice in what I am suffering for you, and I fill up in my flesh what is still lacking in regard to Christ's affliction for the sake of his body, which is the church. I have become its servant by the commission God gave me to present to you the word of God in its fullness, the mystery that has been kept hidden for ages and generations, but is now disclosed to the Lord's people. To them, God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. He is the one we proclaim, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone fully mature in Christ. Would you pray with me? Father, may we be filled with the knowledge of your will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding so as to walk in a manner worthy of you, fully pleasing to you. In Jesus' name, amen. So in verse 24, Paul says, Now I rejoice in what I'm suffering for you, and I fill up in my flesh what is still lacking in regard to Christ's affliction for the sake of his body, 
which is the church. Now, at first glance, this sounds a little interesting because it's as if Paul is communicating some sort of deficiency in Christ's substitutionary atonement and his death upon the cross. But we can't forget what Paul just communicated in Colossians 1, verses 19 through 20. He said, For God was pleased to have all of his fullness dwell in him. All of the fullness of God dwells in Christ, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. What Paul's actually communicating is that he is sacrificially demonstrating the afflictions of Christ through his own personal suffering. Listen to what John Piper says in regards to this. God really means for the body of Christ, the church, to experience some of the suffering he experienced so that when we offer the Christ of the cross to people, they may see the Christ of the cross in us. Paul says in 2 Corinthians 4, 10 and 11 as well, we always carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. For we who are alive are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake so that his life may also be revealed in our mortal body. We're talking about true disciples of Jesus today. What do true disciples look like? Number one, true disciples sacrifice for the church. Next week, we have the opportunity to have a membership class here at Lost Mountain. It's going to be taking place from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. And there are a number of you that have signed up for it already. And let me just say this. If you agree and sign up for the membership class, this is not a commitment to be a covenant member of Lost Mountain. You could very well just come and see what the expectations are in regards to covenant membership here at Lost Mountain. That's taking place from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. next Saturday. We're going to throw all the chicken minis at you that you could possibly eat. So you might as well come. I mean, come on. I'm going to be standing at the welcome table right after the service today. You could sign up for that on the spot if you're interested in coming to that. Let me say also, members who have been members of Lost Mountain for a long time now, it wouldn't hurt you to go through this to understand that covenant membership here at Lost Mountain, there are expectations in regard to the membership of this place And so I just want to encourage you in that. In covenant membership, members are charged with particular expectations. We protect the unity of this church by acting in love and refusing to cause division. We are not stirring up division in this place. There is enough division outside of the church. And so when we gather in the church, we promote unity amongst ourselves as members. We share in the responsibility of the church. We serve in the ministry of this church. When Paul says he is suffering, 
What he's saying is that he is enduring distress. And biblical suffering, let me tell you this, when you experience biblical suffering, you're suffering with the hope of glory attached to it. So Paul is communicating the sufferings that he is having to endure. And you and I can very well attest to the reality that there is necessarily suffering that occurs within our lives. There are multiple situations that we face on a daily basis where we simply endure distress. It could be any number of things. It could be addiction. It could be abuse. Get out of those situations. Let me just encourage you to do that. Trust godly, faithful, committed Christ followers to help you find solutions to get where you need to go. If you are enduring distress without hope of glory attached to it, something must change, and that something is found in the hope of glory that is tied to the suffering that we endure as believers. We also support the witness and mission of this church. We attend faithfully. We strive to live Christ-honoring lives. We give generously so that the mission and the ministry of Lost Mountain Church, which is to help all kinds of people find and follow Jesus, can continue in this community. I would venture to say that everybody sitting in this room this morning or either watching online, they're watching And you're paying attention because you believe this to be true. You believe that the environment that is the church is something completely different from everything that exists in the world. Otherwise, you wouldn't commit your time to being here every single Sunday. Jesus makes things different. Jesus makes things different. He changes everything about us to reflect and embody his characteristics, to reflect his goodness. We move on to verse 25. He says, I've become its servant by the commission God gave me to present to you the word of God in its fullness. And in verse 26, he says, The mystery that has been kept hidden for ages and generations, but is now disclosed to the Lord's people. To them, God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. In verse 25, Paul's essentially communicating that his purpose on this planet is to be a herald, a messenger of the gospel. And it's no different for you and I. When we are born again, not of the flesh, but of the spirit, we become heralds, messengers of the gospel of Jesus that has been entrusted to us. And we have to ask ourselves the question, how is that playing out 
How is that playing out in our lives? What are the ways that you and I are exhibiting the love of Christ in such a way to where people look at us and they say, this guy knows what I'm talking about. That person has the aroma of Christ and it's detectable. Christians are different. People who follow Jesus are simply different. And it doesn't take very long for people who are not to pick up on those that are. And then you begin to discuss the hope of glory that is attached to the stressful situations and suffering that you have to endure while upon this earth. The mystery he refers to in verse 26 is God's secret plan he had before time began, and that secret is a person, the Lord Jesus himself. Listen to New Testament scholar N.T. Wright. All that God has from the beginning planned to do, he has done and is doing in Christ for the sake of of his people. The mystery has been made known among the Gentiles. What does that mean? He's essentially communicating the mystery has been made known among the nations, meaning the redemption of all things through Christ is no longer limited to the Jews. It's no longer limited to a particular origin of people. The gospel is for absolutely everyone. It's for everyone sitting in this room. It's for everyone outside these walls in Cobb and Paulding counties. The message of the gospel is for everyone. And you can take the pressure off yourself, man. We've talked about this before. You provide testimony for what God has done in your life through Christ and you leave everything else up to him because you're not saving anybody. I'm not saving anybody. We're heralds of the gospel of the Lord Jesus and we talk about what Christ has done and is doing in our lives to transform us into his very likeness. That's what we do. That's what we've been entrusted with. God is revealed as the self-sacrificing creator and redeemer of all things in Christ so that people can be released from their bondage by means of his substitutionary death on a cross. Those who have confessed with their mouths that Jesus is Lord and believe in their hearts that God has raised him from the dead are indeed saved. We're indwelt by the Holy Spirit and now we are awaiting the hope of glory. This is the resurrection of our bodies. That's who we are as the people of God. Listen to this, and I love it in the message translation. Romans 8, 9 through 11. Dig in with me for a second. But if God himself has taken up residence in your life, you can hardly be thinking more of yourself than of him. 
Anyone, of course, who has not welcomed this invisible but clearly present God, the Spirit of Christ, won't know what we're talking about. But for you who welcome him, in whom he dwells, even though you still experience all the limitations of sin, you yourself experience life on God's terms. It stands to reason, doesn't it, that if the alive and present God who raised Jesus from the dead moves into your life, he'll do the same thing in you that he did in Jesus, bringing you alive to himself. When God lives and breathes in you, and he does as surely as he did in Jesus, you are delivered from that dead life. With his spirit living in you, your body will be as alive as Christ's. That tastes sweeter in my mouth than Whataburger fancy ketchup. (laughs) Are you hearing what is being communicated through this? But there's also the devastating side to this. Those who have not confessed with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and those who have not believed in your heart that God raised him from the dead cannot possess this hope of glory that Paul is talking about. God is simply not interested in what you bring to his table thinking you have somehow earned your place at it. Any person who is welcomed at the table of the living God is there because Jesus put their name on the list. You and I need the righteousness of Christ in order to stand blameless before God himself. And the righteousness of Christ is available to everyone at this very moment. If you admit to God that you are in an active state of rebellion against him, believe that he sent his son to die in your place and confess that Jesus is Savior and now Lord of your life, then the very word of God says that you are saved. And you cannot be the same. Because the Holy Spirit has indwelt you at the moment you first believed. And things begin to change. I'm not saying that it's not going to require work. I'm not saying that there aren't still going to remain fleshly appetites. But I'm saying that you have placed your faith in what the creator and the sustainer of all things has accomplished through his son in order to give you the abundant life. It's no question that this 
is passing away. I'm approaching 40 this year, and I know that's young to a lot of you, but things aren't working like they used to work. I wake up every morning and something different hurts. And I can't explain it because it wasn't there the day before, but it just sort of popped up instantly. Matt thought he could ski down a black after not skiing in over a decade. And now he's recovering from ACL surgery. Stuff isn't working as it should be. And as a result of sin, these bodies are perishing. But there is the hope of glory that is attached to the fact that we have surrendered ourselves over to Jesus and we are now in right standing with the Father and we will undergo a resurrection like his when he says this is all over. And that's Christ in us, the hope of glory. For it's with your heart that you believe and are justified. And it's with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. You want to know what a true disciple is? True disciples share God's heart for those far from him. We've been entrusted with the message of the gospel and now it's our privilege to share God's heart with those who are far from him. You provide testimony for the reality of the transformation that has taken, has taken place and is continuing to take place in you. That charts the process of sanctification throughout your life where you become more and more and more and more like Jesus and you're losing the appetites of the flesh more and more and more. These are the things that are occurring consistently in the life of those who follow Jesus. And so my question to us and my challenge to not only you but myself so how's this playing out? How's this playing out in my life as a person who professes to follow Jesus and is being transformed into his likeness with ever-increasing glory which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit? Jesus is the one we proclaim, Paul says in verse 28. Admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone fully mature in Christ. When Paul says admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone fully mature in Christ, he's referring to the people in our direct vicinity. Because that's the goal. That's the ambition. Not only presenting ourselves fully mature in Christ, but everyone else 
as well. Christians should be people who are full of goodness, filled with knowledge, and competent to instruct one another. Likewise, we warn those who are idle and disruptive and encourage the disheartened and help the weak and are patient with everyone. Admonishing one another is something that is rarely comfortable. But if we're promoting dissension or disruption within the body, we have to be called on it. Because this is the type of environment where the hope of the world rests. And in a moment, we're going to depart from this place and we're going to go to work and we're going to mow our lawn and we're going to carry out the activities that we carry out on a daily and weekly basis. But we are going to engage with people that need to know that Christ is in us and therefore he is the hope of glory. What a charge. But as the church, there's no other way. Because Jesus is the resurrection and the life. And he is the way and the truth and the life. And no man comes to the Father except through him. If there were multiple options, we would know about them. It would have said so. But there simply isn't. Remember, your accolades, your accomplishments, they are as if they are nothing in the presence of the holy and righteous creator and sustainer of all things. Your only hope and my only hope is relying on the righteousness of Christ. That's why in the church, there's no special ranks. You don't give a certain amount and get to proceed to the next level. What exists in the church are servants. We serve one another, and we serve the people that we come in contact with that need to know the message of the gospel, that there is hope in the suffering that we find ourselves in. So we sacrifice, we share, and true disciples strive toward Christ-centered maturity. We don't do this only for ourselves, but for each other, for brothers and sisters in the family. We'll see in chapter 2, here in a couple of weeks, that in Christ are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. So let's allow the energy that Christ works powerfully within us to recognize the things that oppose him and the unity of his church. You and I have responsibilities. Let's serve well in this place 
and promote unity in this place so a watching world can understand I'm really not getting what's going on, but I want to know more about it. And that allows us the opportunity to begin the conversation of how Jesus is in the process of transforming everything about our lives. We're his ambassadors. He has entrusted us in these earthen vessels to be his ambassadors while we're upon this earth. Things have to be progressively changing about our lives to look more and more like our Savior each and every day. Too much is at stake not to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, attaining to the resurrection from the dead, as Paul says in Philippians chapter 3. It's Christ in you. It's Christ in me. He is the hope of glory, and he is available to those that don't know him, and he is available to us that do know him anytime. I want to take this opportunity to pray for us. Thanks so much for joining us online at the Lost Mountain Baptist Church podcast. For more information about service times, giving, and upcoming events, check out our website, lmbc.us.